Austin Powers, The Fast and the Furious. You may be thinking to yourself, what do these movies have in common? Well, for some people, they consider these to be somewhat of a parody where they take familiar characters or scenarios and they just blow that out of the water with outrageous stuff. But then when you go back to the early 90s, while these movies were very, very popular, something similar perhaps happened with The Last Action Hero, a movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is an action hero who recently was playing Terminator and all of these very popular films. Somebody said, hey, hey, what if hypothetically we, get, we make a movie about you, except it's not about you, but the movie is going to become about you and you saving yourself. If you have a headache, it's kind of what I had as I re-experienced this film that I kind of forgot that I watched until halfway through where I kind of wanted to tune out. But hypothetically, is it still worth watching and listening uh, a conversation to a movie like this? We are going to be reacting to the last action hero. I certainly hope it is, or why <laughs> I mean, are we here hopefully. today? I mean, if it's not, if it's not <laughs> worth listening to the review, I mean, you don't got to check this out, but He tried to save it. <laughs> yeah, I tried to save it, but hypothetically, you got three people that are going to be giving uh, our respective opinions. My name is Juan Velas. I am from Puerto Rico, not from Puerto Rico, but he is from London on that I know of, we do have the Hammy Ham Master Brickhouse, Keith Hamilton. <laughs> well, uh, Keith, in, in your case, when we go back to 1993, which is the year this movie came out, what do you think about a film based on movies like this in the time where they were very popular? I mean, this is the most meta movie of that genre up until that point, right? Because it's not just an action movie about an action hero, but it's an action movie about an action hero that's a movie that's making fun of action movies, but at the same time kind of makes fun of it a little too much, so it becomes like a like one of the bad Austin Powers of action movies, but then Arnold Schwarzenegger meets Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then it's a big thing, and... I don't know what's real it's and California. who has the golden ticket. And I guess they got the golden ticket from the Willy Wonka chocolate factory. <laughs> and then Willy Wonka's there somehow. People, I don't I know think what Keith happened in this help. movie. I, I really do think Keith needs help. And maybe somebody that can be out there to help is from Boston, Massachusetts. Game essays himself, Mr. <laughs> Ryan McNulty. Now, Ryan, in your case, we had talked about just how great, you know, even T T1 has its things, right? But it's still a great film. Terminator 2, one of the best of all time. And then here we have a movie, yeah, based on all of this, yet it's also starring the same person. Yeah, it's a surprisingly self-aware movie for the time period. This is my first time seeing it, but I figured that these types of tropes, maybe just coming out of the 80s with a lot of these big action movies, that, yeah... This is the type of movie that was able to poke fun at some of these tropes. And yeah, it caught me by surprise a little bit, actually. It really did, because even when you go back to the, the director of this film, who's John McTiernan, hopefully got the last name right, he was involved with Die Hard, Predator. So you would think that maybe it's a director that doesn't really have like a tie with the popular films, but he very much did. And this came out in 1993, so some of the movies that came out that year, holy crap. I mean, we're talking the Super Mario Brothers movie, Sandlot, Jurassic Park, Hocus Pocus, A Demolition Man, Wayne's World 2, Robocop 3, Mrs. Doubtfire, my goodness. And then we have this the film here, which... The last action hero. 
as we get ready for for laying out the plot, which I'm just going to throw that out to Ryan. I I, I just want to get Ryan's <laughs> raw just mm-hmm. presenta- love, presentation of that. I love how Ryan's become the story guy here that always lays it out, and it's almost That's turned what he's into all like about. A, yeah. yeah, like how can we make this plot so obs- like obscene the and then He's Ryan the still has to try and explain Listen, it like we, we did we it tried with to Dino explain, Crisis we tried to explain Paprika before I think we can do this yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think but we before Ryan this. gets to that I want to lay out two words and as Ryan explains it everybody watching and listening like let us know what you think and hey you know don't be afraid to join the conversation at acastofthepast.com slash discord because that's, that's what it's all about people so the two questions or words are tribute or parody and with that being said ryan the floor is yours my friend so this movie is about this kid danny who's a big fan of action movies and the world that he lives in the setting that the story begins in is supposed to mimic the real worlds where arnold schwarzenegger is starring in all these action movies Then he goes to, he gets this magical ticket from the owner of this movie theater. And as he's watching the new, is it Jack? It's Jack Slater. Jack Slater. He was watching the third one, but we got number four coming out. The premiere of the third one, that magical ticket somehow sucks him into the movie where basically he understands that it's a movie, but none of the other characters do. So they go through their whole adventure trying to stop the bad guy. Eventually, the bad guy gets a hold of the ticket and gets into the real world and starts bringing other villains into the real world. So then Jack and the kid, Danny, have to go into the real world to stop this villain. And then at the end, of course, in typical fashion, they have Danny and Jack Slater, after bonding and becoming friends, they do have to leave to their own respective worlds in an emotional conclusion. So there you go. So for those that are very emotional, yeah, (laughs) it's a real tearjerker. If the question is, so what you're telling me, Ryan, is that the movie goes from the kid watching Jack Slater played by Arnold, Jack Slater has got to save Arnold. Yes, that's yes, that's exactly what it's about, about. When Jack Slater comes into the real world, well, does he replace Arnold or is there another Arnold? And it turns out you have two Arnolds. In the Schwarzenegger multiverse, it um, it was just two timelines combining. Absolutely. And it's worth pointing out, and this is very important because we're talking about a movie that is inspired by or pays tribute or is a parody. We'll talk about that. Usually these movies last about, you know, an hour 20, give or take. This one is freaking two hours. It's a freaking two-hour movie, but before I get into my opinions, now that Ryan's done a lovely, sexy job presenting that, I'm going to give the floor to Keith. What was your overall impression with a movie, with this movie and whether you had watched it before or not? This was my first time uh, experiencing the movie. There, were, there was a while ago in, on the Acast of the Past Discord where we had this actually recommended to us, and they the person that explained it was or they said that it was a movie about being a movie. And that actually really intrigued me because I knew that this movie existed, but I never knew what it was about. So I was excited to watch this movie when we finally got around to checking it out. And 
I really liked it at first, but like you mentioned, it is a movie that you feel all two hours of that movie. Like, a lot of times, especially in that early 90s era, it feels like a lot of those movies could have really benefited from some form of editor i think this is a movie that takes the takes the cake when it comes to that because my god if you cut out like 45 minutes of this movie i think it would be really really good but as the movie continued to progress i just became like less excited about it where I thought, like, when, when I was ready for the movie to be done, I we would be going into a whole new chapter, and then we're just hitting the refresh button, and that happened, like, three times in the movie. So my experience at the beginning of it and the end of it were very different, because by the end of it, I was just happy it was over. Something that I really thought about is our Spider-Man 3 review, where we went into that thinking, we are going to hate this movie and then I freaking love the first hour it's, or, or the first half. I'm like, man, this movie is great. Same thing with this one. But then it keeps going. And then just when you think it's overstated, it's welcome. It's like, hey, you got like another 30 minutes, man. Uh, what did you think, Ryan? I, I think I was pretty similar to you guys in the fact that it definitely has way too long of a runtime. I think by the time that they're kind of reaching the climax of the movie worlds, um, kind of final sequence then you're kind of ready for things to wrap up but then it has the whole like a real world conclusion that they still have to go through and that's basically another half of the movie so runtime is the biggest problem but there were enough things like like you guys said at the beginning of the movie where they're kind of making fun of like action movie tropes throughout and they kind of gave you like a little bit of a chuckle here and there. And I was, oh, I was like kind of like surprised. I was expecting to really, when the movie starts off centered around this kid, I'm like, oh boy, we're going to have to sit through this kid the whole movie. And I'm really not ready for that. But all the little action movie tropes, once he gets into the, the action movie, it, it, you know, there's some fun moments. So I appreciated that. But I think the biggest problem with this movie for me is, I think the tone is a little all over the place because, yes, it's mainly supposed to be a comedy, but it's like it doesn't it kind of wants to be a family movie, but it also kind of wants to be a PG-13 comedy that's like more for adults. Right. So I think the with all the swearing and talking about cocaine and drugs and stuff, they probably should have just not had a kid and it, I think it would have been more fun if we had a better adult actor who was going through this sequence. You know, you just kind of have an everyman who's even like a teenager, like yeah. a like a later, like a nineteen twenty year old teenager that grew up on action movies and is in that situation. Yeah, it, just the fact that it's it stars a kid. It really feels like it's trying to be this family movie. It's trying to be like blank check. It's trying to be Kazam or something. But everything else is like way more adult with like gunning people down and drug dealers and all this stuff. And the thing is what it's inspired by is like all of this violent, I mean, diehard, like all this stuff, which is like full adult oriented. And even though like, you know, Terminator 2 is like a, the definition of a blockbuster movie it feels like it's a it's a pretty dark film and it's it's kind of like a 
like a dream come true? Because I think we've all had that dream of, hey, what if I was a part of the film? And I think that concept is cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, it's just, I feel like having it be a kid was a, was just a mistake. And it's also weird when Arnold's in-movie daughter just kisses this little kid. That kind of, that was just <laughs> awkward as hell, you know? Like, felt it like is- it didn't belong there. It is funny now that I'm thinking back about the tone of the jokes even and just how all over the place it was. Like in the in the matter of this movie, you have a giant fart joke that a scene is set around and then you have comments about premature ejaculation yeah. like 20 minutes before. Like it really is all over the place. Directly and then, reference to the kid. Yeah, exactly. About the kid not getting to experience premature ejaculation. Wow, that's a quote out of context, isn't it? (laughs) But then later on, like in between those two jokes, you have a whole scene of them setting up like, oh, I want you to say this word. Oh, you can't because it's a PG-13 movie. So it's like they're true. They set their own ground rules, but they didn't follow them. It was It's kind of like those other Austin Powers movie where they followed it when it was convenient for them. And, and I think uh, I was looking up an article and I'll reference it in, in a second. But I think it's more interesting to see the behind the scenes part of the film rather than the actual film. Because let's like scale it back a little bit. Can you imagine the pitch for this movie back in 1993 or 91 or 92, whenever it was first pitched, which is like, hey, what if we make a movie about a movie? This is super common now, right? If somebody pitched this movie now, it's like, um, guys, we already have like 40 million of them. But as they are happening, like you saw so many references to popular actors and characters that were still relevant there. It's like some of the movies came out like literally a year before that. Now... I did bring up two words, and I would like uh, both of you to answer. It's like between tribute and parody, which one do you think, not what not what it felt like, but do you think the movie intended itself to pay itself as a tribute, or do you think it was going into it thinking, okay, we are, we are kind of like winking at you. It's more of a parody. I feel like even though I don't think they landed it the way they wanted to, I would lean it more towards on the tribute side of things, especially if you consider consider Arnold Schwarzenegger's line of work up until that point. Like, it is kind of a funny ha-ha tribute to that style of action movie that made him as famous as he was up until that point. And even in the way that they cultivated it by seeing movie star Arnold at the end of it being a huge success. So I think they were going more towards tribute. And even though, yeah, all the the tropes of an action movie were there. I don't think they were there to the point where I would consider it a parody of an action movie. Well, Keith said the words funny, haha tribute, which I would define as a parody. And I think that's what this movie definitely is going for, because what is it doing? It's making fun of things in action movies. It's making fun of the fact that they'll shoot a car and it'll blow up or, that, uh, you know, that someone who takes like a mortal wound in a movie will survive it. It, it kind of goes through all all those different things. And the fact that, you know, Arnold can just drive when he's like not even paying attention to the wheel, like all these crazy things. 
and that no matter what, like he can do it because he's an action hero. He can play ch- chicken by driving straight into another car and it's okay because he's the hero and he's going to look cool. So it definitely felt to me like it was going for parody. But like I said, it's like it's a little bit over the place of being like, is it a parody kind of adult comedy or is it a parody family comedy? That's where I feel like the identity crisis is for this. And that's kind of that point is where it lands on tribute for myself, just because it never really found its ground as a parody where it was more of like, hey, this is all the fun stuff we love. Does about it need to do movies. anything more than just make fun of action movie stuff to be a parody? I think to some degree, right? I don't think I, think, so. I think it's tricky because where I think you draw the fine line between a parody and a tribute more so than the actual scenes is like the length. Because if this was like an hour, an hour, 30 minute movie, then I think the arc made a lot more sense as a pair as a tribute. Because I even wrote it here at specifically an hour 29, like just before the movie becomes about jack slater going to the real world uh, the real world i'm thinking to myself okay like i don't love the movie but i get what you were doing you're capitalizing on current popular things you know during that time this is a movie about pop culture before pop culture became a, a more regular conversation especially you know in the post 2000s but then the moment you fall into the oh now we're getting into the real story it's like dude i i don't want that it's a, it, this is a tribute film the moment you actually put the characters at risk like when jack slater's about to die later in the film I'm like who wants to see this right it's like it's it's a movie about like winking at you not oh my goodness now the person that was winking at me may actually end up dying so then he's got to actually meet up real arnold to which at this point it's neither a parody or a tribute. It's just a bad film. So, yeah. <laughs> it can I, be I, a parody too. and a bad film. Yeah, it, it could be <laughs> a parody, a tribute, and a bad things for a true, bad film. <laughs> so, uh, I, I, I want to break down that scene a little bit because at, this is the point where the film just totally lost me. And maybe you guys so- figured something out that I didn't. So, near the end of the movie, Slater does action hero things in the real world, but because he's in the real world, he gets shot, and, well, he might actually die. Then they bring the Grim Reaper from another movie? What? what? I, I totally the tickets, lost dude. The ticket <laughs> fell on the ground and there was water or something. I don't know if the, like, it conducted yeah, they, okay, into can the theater. Can we just read the ticket? It's like death? the dumbest freaking, <laughs> the cheapest, just... Oh, it, it's so infuriating. Like, but, the, like it's the- okay. Look, if a movie establishes it's just a magic thing at the beginning, then I'm okay with it, right? But they because, keep referencing see, it throughout the movie. And that's where that. like, oh yeah, man, but just, it, okay. just forget about it. It's, like, it's okay if there's a magic thing, but you need to set ground rules with that kind of stuff. And they kind of just I don't made the so. rules up as they go. I think Maybe they did the set the ground rules. I think they did set the ground rules. Like, I'm not saying rules. that this is the greatest movie ever, but it's one thing if you just three quarters into the movie, we never saw this ticket. And all of a sudden, the bad guy has the ticket and he gets out of the movie and you're like, what the hell just happened? But we had the magic ticket at the beginning. It gets him into the movie and it gets other people out of the movies. I think that's like, that's fine. If you establish it early on that, hey, this is just a magic thing. 
yes, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'll accept it. So I, I think that's okay. I, I don't get like the whole thing, how it touched the ground at the theater. Uh, did it somehow get into the theater? Maybe it did. But um, yeah, the Grim Reaper thing was weird and kind of unnecessary. But uh, then again, the last third of this movie was unnecessary. So, you know. So I'm curious if, if the conversation became, what was your favorite thing about the movie? Starting with uh, Keith, what really stuck out to you is like, hey, as a tribute or parody, whatever the hell it is, like, I really enjoyed this. I really enjoyed the first act of the movie where it was very much an over-the-top action movie, kind of making fun of itself. That was the most fun I had with the movie. The The thing that keeps popping into my head is Arnold Schwarzenegger going, Miss the Whiskers! And <laughs> talking with that stupid cartoon cat. It was Danny and DeVito, that, wasn't it? Voicing I the cat. So. I think so. I th- I think so. And then just how over the top they got with that. If they would have if they would have continued with that, I think I would have enjoyed a lot of the movie more or just cut down the spots that they um that when they decide to twist and go in another direction in the movie. That's where that slope kind of happened while I was watching where that was the fun part that I remember the most fondly and then kind of how they pointed out all of these different um, cliches from different action movies, like how all the women in that movie are like models because normal people aren't in um, action movies and it's just like over the top good looking people. Yeah, there's no people. like regular looking women. Everyone, every woman is a supermodel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just how everything changes in the blink of an eye set wise. I mean, Stallone did star in Terminator 2. Yeah. And then, yeah, that was fun how Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't exist in that universe because well he's Jack Slater in that it, it can't happen so that that stuff was really fun and I enjoyed that part of the movie a lot yeah I agree I think the as much as I found the kid to be kind of annoying I did appreciate the references like the basically bringing up that um, cop guy was uh, that he played, he was in the the Mozart movie. The actor was in the Mozart movie, and he killed Mozart in that movie because that actually was a movie that I think came out pretty mm-hmm. close to when uh, th- you know this movie came out. So the fact that he's like bringing up stuff like that this actor has done in other movies, so like oh he's gonna betray you because he killed Mozart in that other movie, uh, I thought that was pretty clever. Things like that, and the yeah even the animated cat, just him bringing up the fact that like this has to be a movie because otherwise there couldn't be an animated cat. But everyone else is like oh that's Mr. Whiskers, <laughs> so. They definitely had their fun with it, but yeah, the joke runs tired, and so does the length of the movie, not to sound like a broken record, but I think we're kind of all on the same page with that. Yeah, I think that's something that I I really enjoyed, but also hated is the kid, because the concept of what he is, it's like Scott Evil and Austin Powers. It's almost like it's... Scott Evil as a kid because, you know, Scott Evil and Austin Powers is self-aware. He's always pointing out the plot holes. It's like, why are you letting somebody go? Just shoot the person. You know, there was one part in the movie where the kid just flat out goes like, hey, you never turn your back. But then, you know, he, he doesn't realize that ironically enough, he's doing the same thing. So then he uh, becomes trapped and all that stuff. And I do think it's very much enjoyable. 
I think the problem, and we've seen this with Austin Powers, we'll see this with probably other tribute-based stuff that we we talk about. What's the, man, I forgot the name of the movie. It's the one with Stallone and everybody. Um, the, the Expendables? Yeah. The, thank you. With the, the Expendables, it's, and even Tropic Thunder to a point, although I think Tropic Thunder does a great job of this, right? Which is, how do you dance with the genre because you you have action and comedy. Like at the end of the day, you're going to have these two genres together, but then give me too much comedy, it becomes a parody. Give me too much action, it becomes too serious and not enough of a tribute, right? So narrowing that down, plus let's not forget, I mean, we love Arnold, but Arnold's not exactly the best actor, right? And And this is still like... Let's not forget, he was a freaking Terminator, right? So, like, that is what really worked. And other roles also <laughs> just, just poke fun at that. I just thought about it at the beginning of the movie where he said, do you want to be a farmer? Here's two acres. And then kicks the guy in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. But, but, it's but in the context it's of an action movie, it's so good. <laughs> it's just incredible. But, but that's the um, thing, right? Because... When you think about, and we could just do an episode on Arnold, even his best movies. Like when I, when I think about Kindergarten Cop, I love that movie, <laughs> but it's not because he is a great actor in the movie. It's because it's like it's Arnold in this, and you know Arnold, so you know daddy, what he's, and what does he do? Exactly, mm-hmm. man. But <laughs> when the movie becomes, it's essentially a tribute to Arnold, right? Like it's not even the last action hero. It's like. How full of yourself do you have to be to have a poster of Terminator 2, which just came out, you know, over a year you know, before this movie? Yeah, sure, it's still alone, but the concept is you're a popular actor. And honestly, this is this would be like career suicide nowadays. Like, can we just point that out? This would never happen now as far as like, this is when you're hot and now we're going to make a movie that's a tribute. Yeah. But it, it was a commercial failure. this was kind of like downhill for him. <laughs> You know, it really yeah. was. It really was. So, uh, before I, mean, I get, we went um, from the last action hero to True Lies, well, okay, then to Junior, and then Jingle All the Way. So you can really see the mm. decline there. <laughs> yeah, all right. I, t- I kind of take of that back. I think True Lies is pretty light. I love Jingle All the Way. I know it's a bad movie, but I love Jingle All the Way. It's I don't care what anyone movie. says. It's one of those movies that you forgive for being so bad. Like, I watched Jingle All the Way like freaking five times, and every time I'm like, this is a bad movie, but I really enjoy watching yeah. it. Mm-hmm. But I'm I didn't you. feel that with this one. But to go with your point there, Juan, I think that is a big reason of why this movie exists and why the runtime is how it is, because I really tried to think about that at the end of this. And I'd be curious to go back into the context of being in 1993 and if Arnold was a big enough movie star that him being on screen for two hours was enough to sell this movie, because this was peak Arnold. This was coming off a of Terminator 2. He was king of that genre by a mile. And just promoting the fact like Arnold Schwarzenegger is back on the big screen. Like, was that enough to make that movie a like success and 
people want to go see it. And is that part of the reason why the runtime is as long as it is? Like, well, you can't have Arnold on screen just for an hour. We can get two hours out of this. So I I thought about that a lot, and I feel like you would need to go back into that time frame to really know the answer to that. But I'm curious if that was the case. Yeah, I guess we got to find a golden ticket, right? I mean, we're going to need that. We're going to need that. But So if, if we got a golden ticket, would we go into the last action hero or how go, would that work yeah, if we could only go know. into the movie no no, no we're, we're not doing this we're not we're not doing <laughs> we the, into the thing, arnold Keith. schwarzenegger film career documentary exactly. <laughs> to get to that point so i'm gonna pull up uh, uh i'm gonna read this word for word because i i do think this part really gives context for us and everybody else this is from mentalfloss.com and they write uh, original screenwriters Zach Penn and Adam Leff wrote what would become Last Action Hero as a film that will work as both an adrenaline-fueled action ride and as a goof on adrenaline-fueled action. Already that sounds like a failure waiting to happen. But the sources they drew inspiration from soon invaded the project. Action icon Jack Slater's name was originally Arno Slater as a nod to Arnold Sw- Oh my god. Are you god. kidding me? Oh, <laughs> it's wow. Like even they was originally going to be, wow, it's pretty bad. Who then took the role of uh, Ar- okay, uh, uh, Arno Slater. Yeah, they, 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 may, they messed up. It's, yeah, Jack Slater. Penn and Left studied all of Shane Black's scripts, the Lethal Weapon movies, The Last Boy Scout, to get satirical with rhythm right. Nuh-uh. But then Black was hired to rewrite their script. They also used Die Hard and other John McTurnan-directed movies as a baseline for the movie's style, and then the director himself was hired to direct this movie. Their comedic love letter, huh, was taken over by titans of the very genre they were mocking, who were then put in charge of mocking themselves. Okay, okay, so what I'm getting from the article is, hypothetically, imagine the three of us decided to write a spoof of terminator 2 then all of a sudden you're like oh we're getting the director of terminator 2 to write James the movie cameron's gonna come in, in and to direct it yeah. exactly oh and you know the actor uh, guys we kind of have arnold playing this role it's like you know the character we're making fun of that must have been very awkward right a little bit and it seems like this is kind of a case of you got too many i guess too many chefs kind of spoiled the soup here where it was kind of a victim of probably a lot of rewrites and direction changes with them bringing in. Yeah, because it's like if they want to write this parody and then the people who they basically goofed on are then going to come in, they might want to kind of soften the blow and maybe not make fun of their material as hard as these other guys maybe would have. So that probably ultimately made the movie suffer a little bit. I mean, I would say for the most part, like I still think they did a decent job of making fun of action movies. It's just like, you know, we already pointed out the other flaws. I I think they did succeed in making fun of those in a a lot of ways, though. Wow. Uh, Check this. This is pretty fascinating here uh pen and left were replaced by black and david arnott who were then replaced so these are the 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 writers right who then were replaced by novelist and oscar writer william goldman so the writers were replaced and those writers were then replaced always a good sign right keith starting to make <laughs> a lot of sense why what happened happened you, you what can is almost this a disney see... star wars movie <laughs> oh yeah, my goodness real, my goodness <laughs> so it's it right here. where it hurts but you you can you can almost see in the final product 
product where that happened, right? Because as the movie progressed, it became less of a parody or a tribute and more of an action movie in the end to where at the end you have your action movie ending of basically the same thing as Terminator 2, except one's lava or magma and the other is going using a golden ticket. Check this out. We're, we're not done, people, with the changes, okay? The, the rewrites. Uh, Schwarzenegger and the studio were still unhappy after three changes of script writing. So they called in other voices, including Carrie Fisher, Larry Ferguson, who was fresh off the hunt for Red October. The studio then tried to rehire Black to punch in some action sequences, but he refused. He said it just made people breathe easier throwing money at this enormous, enormous behemoth. Uh, the multitude of writers was a major reason the movie ended up. I would love to watch a movie off this. I think this yeah. this would be yeah. can make we a have the making movie. of the last action hero? What? Can we have a making yeah. of the last oh, I action hero? I would hero? love that. I would love that. So to close off yeah. the episode, based on all of this, whether it be bad or good or just curious, starting with uh, Ryan, if the question was, should after all of these reasons, somebody for maybe curiosity's sake, uh, still watch or consider watching this movie if they have if they have not done so before. If you need two hours to kill and you enjoy Arnold movies, I would say it, it wouldn't hurt you to say you know to watch it once. It doesn't to me. It's not like a it's not like a a, a movie I'm gonna feel like pretty much ever watching again. But I do think it is worth watching at least once. If you hearing me say they took the concept of premature ejaculation <laughs> and turned it into an emotional goodbye. If that intrigues you, you should watch this movie to see how they do it. I just picture some closing credits, man. <laughs> I, just got, <laughs> I just got a visual thing there. Uh, for me, I really don't think it's worth watching. If it was an hour and 20, sure. But... I will flat out say, like, at specifically 129, I thought to myself, I can do so much better things with my life. So it really became a secondary screen experience for me. Where's the Snyder cut of the last action hero? Yes. Except he'd want the opposite, right? Because <laughs> yeah, then it would be longer. Yeah, want a four-hour-long version? <laughs> you know what? Out of curiosity's sake, if they kept, like, all of the original written versions of that, I really would love to see that just to see what the hell... Uh, that was going to be all about. But for everybody watching and listening, uh, please share your comments. Don't forget that we do have the Discord over at acastofthepast.com slash Discord. If this is the first episode you're considering checking out and you liked it, uh, please leave that five-star review. We have a lot of stuff happening. We recently covered uh, Dino Crisis. We talked about weird gaming accessories. You know, We have uh, a uh, video and audio archive dating back to 2019. So as the year goes on, you know, we definitely keep piling up uh, the episodes. Some movies like this one, I do think we really do go in with the hopefulness. Like most of my friends, like I had at least three friends that told me this isn't their top five. So I went into this, even though I had watched it years ago, but it's one of those movies that you forget you've watched till you watch a scene. You're like, oh, of course I've watched this before. So it's kind of like sad, you know, when you're like, oh, friend loves this movie, top but I'm really just movies? not clicking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was like, maybe top five Arnold movies, maybe, maybe, but, but, but probably that, that's, not. That, that's the thing that, that's why I love 
whether it be that we love a movie or we hate it. If it's in the middle, it's kind of like a more adult conversation, right? But I really love, would love to hear somebody make the case of like, this is yeah. what's in my top Ask five. Ask them when the last time, time they watched it was. That, that has probably a lot to do with it. Like, I, I don't have that 93 nostalgia with it. I maybe watched it in like 2001 for the first time you or something. You know what I would honestly rather watch? I'd watch that weird version of Hamlet that's in the movie for two minutes. Like, you give me that. <laughs> I watched that. I watched that. But people, thank you for watching, listening, and supporting. And we will be back with another action-packed edition, not Inception-related edition, of a cast to the premature past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nope. I was going to say some stuff. Nope. Nah, not even going to do it. <laughs> nope. Not even let it go. Let it go. Let it, let it fall. Let it fall.